Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Floor, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am Dara Cochet. I'm Gero McAvoy. I'm Antin Bogokala. And I'm African Creadon. Thank you very much, Anton Pilk and Afrik, for joining us today. Always good to get some new talent in here, particularly because today we are going to have a mailbag episode. Ooh, yay! Ooh. <laughs> we've, been a lot of, we've been getting a lot of correspondence from our listeners, most of which is very nice, but some of them are <laughs> different. Some of them, I would say, are wonderful in their own way, in a way that isn't... Some of them are hateful bastards as well. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's a prick. <laughs> but see can you guess <laughs> tweets is what your answer is but in particular it's, it's probably no harm to get some people who weren't who are completely innocent of the crimes committed on this podcast to actually give <laughs> full independent adjudication of some of the comments we've made so thank you both very much for your independent insights your uh you're like the you're like re- retired scandinavian prime ministers observing elections in africa <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly the metaphor I was thinking of. So. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to start off with a, a letter. I think, um, Anton, you have a... Yeah, uh, um, so this is from uh, Rosaline uh, slash Roshin and says, Hi all, I love the podcast. My dad is from Ackle and we have bought a house in his village and spent a lot of time there. I was listening to your podcast about the differences in regional pronunciation, e.g. the BH in Siobhan. Sorry, I can't do fat on my phone <laughs> in brackets. Um, so in Ackle it is almost, uh, but not quite a W sign the lips barely touch I'm trying to learn Irish through Duolingo partly to connect with my heritage as my dad spoke it and my granny spe- uh, spoke nothing else but also because I love language our house is on a hill and its given name is Chak Ngihe bit too windy house for me so we are likely to change it locals pronounce cha- Chak as in Chakablock however the Duolingo voice pronounces it Tark which is T-A-R-C-H with the C-H uh, asper- uh, aspirated earthier than is in uh, than is in Irish. Is this how chat is pronounced up there? Happy Easter to everybody. <laughs> so we're a bit late. Sorry about that. I enjoyed the book, but I think I will enjoy it more the second time around when I'm not an absolute beginner. So that's from uh, Roisin slash uh, Rosaline. Um, and Donegal people, we pronounce Roisin. Roisin, yes. yes. Yeah, where, as opposed to Roisin. Yeah, yeah. Roisin and Siobhan or Roisin and Siobhan up yeah. in Donegal and in the surrounding Ulster counties. Am I correct? Um, we don't really do shoo-ins. There's very few. Um, it's, it's mostly Siobhan's. Oh. Aha, uh-huh. Derek is exposed. Exposed <laughs> yet again, as not knowing everything. That she can be. So, it's, um, 
the issue is with, uh, I guess, pronunciation of words. I mean, we don't have received pronunciation in Irish the way maybe you do typically in English. But yeah, um, I think it's it's OK to to be to pronounce it not the same, like whatever works for you, listener, go with it. Um, uh, as long as you're we've said this like a thousand times in this podcast, as long as you're communicable, it should be fine. And if people are pulling you up on that, you don't need that negativity in your life. <laughs> so um, uh, like the, the way Antoine pronounces Jach is a lot different than the way I would say it. Um, and I'd imagine, du- I think Duolingo is actually Connemara Irish, I believe. Yes. I haven't used it. <laughs> They're not going to use Donegal Irish. So <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, nobody's going to use that. Like, good luck to you. Um, so it's, it's, there's different ways of pronouncing it. Um, and even regionally in, like in, in West Cork and West Kerry, it's pronounced a lot different, I'd imagine, than would it be in other parts of, of, of the region, even though it would be considered the same Irish. It's like anything. It's like accents, mm-hmm. you know. People pronounce things weirdly in yeah. North mm. County Dublin, where I live. I can't understand anybody in English. Yeah. So I just Port Leash people speak like this. Leash people speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's true. Hey, but I think the important thing is uh, what, what might be worth uh, as a guideline is that the context of your sentence, if you think that the word you're pronouncing might confuse the listener, trust that the context of the sentence yeah. might make yeah. it sense. Yeah, that's hmm. sage advice. And I suppose like here I would say so in Donegal we would say cha. Um, so what would what would you guys say? Just what would be your pronunciation of cha cha or tea? I suppose as well. Yeah, I'd say cha. I'd say cha. Yeah. Okay, so we solved that. We could solve like Palestine in about twenty <laughs> minutes if we keep on going at this rate. If we try, Africa, would you want to try this one yeah. from from the United States of America? Wow, international, dear nice. Derek, I very much enjoyed Mother Folklore. And I'm also a fan of your podcast. Ooh. About a year ago, I began studying Irish here in Wash, D.C. area. I can't claim to have made much progress. Thank you, Messrs. Uru Agashevu. <laughs> but I am loving the experience. As a child of Irish immigrants to New York, I've been involved with the Irish American community as a writer and musician all my life. The one bone I have to pick with you is over your dismissal of Daniel Cassidy and his radical theory regarding the possible Irish sources for many American slang words. I know you are especially captious on the subject of speculative etymologies that don't appear to meet standard scholarly criteria, mm-hmm. but I think that may be over-influencing you in Casti's case. I'm not sure all of the examples would hold up to academic scrutiny, but that is not to say that his overall theory is completely flawed. Most of the many Irish-speaking immigrants to the US in the second half of the 19th century would have found themselves near the bottom of the socio-economic mosh pit. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> As such, they would be unlikely letter writers, nor would they and their patois be popping up in newspapers, etc. I do feel that the academic linguists were overly hostile to and threatened by Cassidy. His claim deserves much more linguistic examination. Here is a post I did in 2009 that I think is still valid. Good luck with your work. Yours, TW. Excellent. Well, I think um, our friend T.W., he makes an interesting point. I think that, say, for some of you will know that uh, Daniel Cassidy wrote a book about the history of Irish slang. We mentioned it in the podcast mm-hmm. and I mentioned it in the book specifically because it does get brought up every now and then. And sometimes linguists and Irish language enthusiasts in particular are very hostile to this particular work. Some people have called him the Andrew Wakefield of linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Others others maybe have had maybe more measured reactions. I think the fact, the big, the big thing is that say if you want to claim that one word comes from another word, another language, the fact that they sound alike isn't enough for mm-hmm. most linguists, and I think that's, um, <clears throat> I think that's fair enough. We have words like say, 
in the big one he, he uses that he suggests that yeah, that jazz music comes from jazz in irish which is um and there's a few others and the big thing is that first of all the sound like isn't quite enough but then he he reinforces his <clears throat> the underlying thesis is that there's been erasure of irish american influence in mainstream america slang culture and well there there may very well be and i don't i think that's suggesting that 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 correct irish etymologies were some were 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 pressed down or were were, were concealed that, that i think that you need a stronger case for that but having said on the flip side of the coin i do think he the hostility to Daniel Cassidy is excessive i think the uh, the hostility that comes up with uh, for some of these um, etymological theories the idea like the some of peop- the fact that people suggesting that he's a scam artist or that he's he's deliberately that he he, he came up with some sort of money making scheme of writing an old book about words that have mm-hmm. a, a tenuous link to the irish language that in itself is also a pretty false claim and i would I'd cut him that slack i think it's so having literally just heard about this right now okay. i'm giving you my opinion okay <laughs> um i i think it's it's somewhat ironic that you use the example of jazz and jazz and then that the argument is that irish influence has been suppressed hmm. that particular word is quite uh notable that you used it because if anyone's influence on jazz has been suppressed it's not been irish people <laughs> It's yeah. been black culture in the United States who mm-hmm. effectively, you know, that's where jazz was created. That's where jazz stems from. But now it's it's considered something different now um, and it's moved away from that and, and the concealment of one particular culture. I feel like we don't really have a horse in that particular race. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, I just think it's it's somewhat ironic. Um, I mean, I don't care really where the etymology of these mm-hmm. words come from. I don't know. It doesn't keep me up at night too much. But it's nice to think that maybe that there. I'm sure some of these words. I'm sure he's right on some of these. These words have have actually come mm. from, um, from Irish uh, origins. But I do. I I have. You know. I'm yeah. aware of some of the the, the ones. And I think uh, is 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 his argument that dude comes from Irish. Is that, that, was, that one? I, I think dude was one of the ones that came from <laughs> he that he perceived as coming from Irish. And yeah. there was a few others. And I know that. Um, there was when the Rubber Bandits shared this online. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, an article in one of the in one of the Irish language magazines, um, just uh, disputing Cassidy in, in great mm-hmm. depth and disabusing. Is yeah. that the word? <laughs> but I I just think that possibly. I mean, this isn't. It's not a very well known book. It only comes yeah. up every now and then. I don't. I don't think. I certainly don't think the idea that he's like. A, that he's a sneaky trickster or that I think possibly he just he engaged in a theory um, that doesn't stand up to full academic scrutiny and that's okay it doesn't make him a crook yeah and it is the kind of thing that is just being much more heavily scrutinized now mm-hmm. I mean it sounds like really dodgy territory to us but I guess maybe I don't know when it first came out or maybe even 20 30 years ago it might not have been quite so might not have raised so many flags. Yeah, I think yeah. we are a lot more conscious now of gay erasure and black erasure mm-hmm. in particularly in American mm-hmm. culture. And it's and even recently Claire Murray was on the show and she's talking about how even in Wikipedia entries and female scientists it talks mm-hmm. about their lives rather than their work. Yeah. yeah. Whereas male scientists they tend to talk about the actual work they did. So I mean, erasure does exist and we should all and cast it's okay and he he was he was close there, you know, he was certainly he's he's shooting in the right direction. He could have maybe just uh <laughs> Yeah, maybe broadened it beyond just Irishness. Yeah. yeah. So, but definitely, yeah. Thank you very much to our correspondent for that letter. So the next one we have is, oh yeah, try this one from from Owen. 
Try this letter from Owen, Caragene. Yeah. Owen, thank you for your correspondence. A vother fuck lori a chahirluch. I love that. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, I've heard my first episode following a recommendation. Who recommended you? Mm. And I feel like I found my clan. Lads, this is so cute. This is adorable. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a death threat. <laughs> it feels a bit funny writing this os beerla. Barely spelled B-Y-A-R-L-A, which I also love. Oh, and you can be my friend. <laughs> um, my question for you. Um, do you keep the father that any of you happen to have in your names when dealing with others in Ireland? My first name is Father Free, thanks to vowel accommodations. Um, but for my surname, I tend not to include the father when spelling it out for someone, um, say, at the bank. Mass more own. This oh, is a really good question. It's a great question, and it's a source of great controversy yeah. recently because the CSO data on, on children's names uh, has been father neutral, maybe a, a very kind way of calling it. <laughs> uh, another person would say wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know, and uh, a friend of the show, Russell Snodig, did write into the newspapers and in relation to this very point and the difference between Orla with a father and without a father yeah. and the meaning of that. Mm-hmm. Afric, you your name is free father free the first name first name is father free uh doesn't help much anyway <laughs> <laughs> um vowels always go missing um yeah no i my surname does kind of pose those difficulties and i do i think i would usually leave the fathers out or if i'm on the phone just because i'm panicking on the phone anyway it's sometimes get my mom's name um and my hairdresser at the moment got really shirty with me for not giving the right name um, but I remember for ages Aer Lingus website didn't take photos mm-hmm. yeah I, I think Vodafone still doesn't really well. yeah well, yeah just. like there's there's issues because I mean this there are like we only have five special characters in Irish mm-hmm. if you're looking at the kind of Unicode system of, of, of language encoding they had they I presume in France and in Germany and and, and those other countries and, and in Spain, those other countries in the European Union who use the same technology often by the the same multinational companies who operate in Ireland. I imagine that if you've got one of those those little yokes under the sea in your name mm, in Spanish, yeah. um, I'm sure they'll find a way. Yeah. I, I presume so. I mean, I, I know that they don't have an email, and this is the big thing: you can't have a father in an email address. Yeah. Okay, mm. didn't realize that. But. Even getting the um, the apostrophe in, like a lot of gov- civil service email addresses, have an apostrophe between an O and an, and an O surname, um, which is awful because, you know, just to mean, it, it means the email doesn't work properly as, yeah. as a hyperlink. Mm. But that's that's that. But in terms of the actual, Anton, do you, how, how do you have any uh, it's, it's hilarious because um, I got a uh, birthday card from my dad where he misspelt my name. <gasps> Right. Okay. I'm named after my dad. He's <laughs> Anton Moore. I'm Anton Bug. Um, but he just he's looking at going. There, no, there has to be a father somewhere. So he threw it over the O and I. He goes by Anthony a lot. Uh, my passport, because the woman who did my birth cert, um, in Letterkenny, couldn't speak Irish. She put me down as Anthony. So now my passport is in English, and it's just it's really frustrating. But when you make a big deal of it, people are like. Right, and what? Like, there's bigger problems in the world, Anthony, than mm-hmm. your name misspelled. Yeah. So you kind of get that attitude of, you know, you're just being a bit obstinate. You could easily go by Anthony, but it's like, that's not my name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of fathers, we just kind of don't really use them enough. Like, I insist, the only father I have is uh, over the O in O'Callaghan. Not for, because if it was over the O in Anthony, it'd be Antoine, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> for people who don't know, that translates as the bum, which I'm kind of trying to move away from. Antoine. <laughs> yeah, Antoine. So it's, um, yeah, so uh, that's the only one, but I kind of insist on it now, but it's like, I mean, I'm a writer by trade. 
you can't actually put fathers in final draft. So oh. when I'm submitting scripts, it's like it's an actual ordeal. And oh. you know, like as a writer, oh. you're going to be working five minutes before that mm. deadline, mm. and you're going, "Okay, I'll change this." But if you know, in Irish, you tend not to so much. So what I do now is, if I'm doing scripts, the director will kind of look over it, and they'll kind of because because <laughs> nobody wants to film in Donegal because it's too expensive. It has to get a Galway <laughs> Irish like sheen on it anyway. So Ooh. yeah, wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah, why is it all so expensive to film it? It's just like once you think of logistics of crew mm. to move them up there, yeah. that's pretty much a thing. You know, mm. like we do have a decent set of people, but you know, near a train station to be had. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like the nearest train station is Sligo. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no trains in Donegal. Mm. Not since night. So whenever you have rail strikes in Dublin, we're like, cute. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But the, just on, on that point you did raise about, oh, there are, there's bigger problems to worry about. Um, General and President Eisenhower came up with a management system that is still used today called the Eisenhower Matrix, in which you break things down to urgent, not urgent, important, not important. And the idea was that obviously when things in the, are in the top corner, they're urgent and important, mm. they have to be done. But he said, it's, as a manager, you need to focus on the things that are important and not urgent because they'll be urgent in five yeah. weeks time. And that way you keep the very urgent, very important box relatively clear by mm. focusing on the things that are always important, but aren't completely urgent. So that's why we insist on our fathers <laughs> and our shavus. It's also, it's the kind of thing where it's, if it's a daily part of your life, yeah. mm-hmm. then it's wearing you down anyway. With any, like it's, you know, with a lot of things to do with identity, that's kind of yeah. the same way and don't seem very important to other people. Like I mm-hmm. never, I don't get annoyed, bent out of shape about it when I don't put the fathers on because mm-hmm. I'll say, if I introduce myself to, I'll be like, hi, I'm Gerodine. Jordanen. I'm like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it is because it's just every time you have to do it. I mean, sure, we've all felt this. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's a little support group of weirdly named people. <laughs> um, you know, you just kind of go with it. So I never bother. But my mom gets really bent out. She didn't put the father on. I'm like, mom, you gave me this name. You deal with it now. Mm. <laughs> also, my birth certificate is spelled wrong. It's G E A R O father. D.I. Father N. Defying the Quayla Quayla Gislana Lan rules. And it killed me because the county register couldn't speak Irish and she was like, oh, this will do like. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's it's just so frustrating but yeah. you can't explain it. You know, I, like I'm okay with people, you know, not getting the name right because it is a bit of an unusual name. Um, but, and I always go, okay, it, it's how Galway people say anything. So it's like, do you want Anton from the shop? It's like, okay, I'll go with that. <laughs> and, but people are always like, oh, like Anton Deck. It's like, oh. So you hear all the jokes the whole time, oh. but yeah, you just mm. get so sick of it so quickly. But if somebody mispronounces it, that's yeah. grand. But if when you actually spell it out for somebody or you can't, it, it just, I don't know, it just yeah. drives me mad. Would you say, I mean, like, I'm just thinking, especially Africa's, your name is relatively straightforward. And there's a popular television program with the same name. Do you find that once people, once people <laughs> know your name is an Irish name that they assume it's hard to spell and they don't bother? Well, one of my friends really sweetly, he was so embarrassed. Last month he admitted, I've never known how to say your last name. And he was mortified. He was like, I'll just, I'll be saying a sentence and I'll just trail off. I'll just go, Africa. And that's fine. Um, But yeah, no, the TV show, I mean, thank God for it. Like, um, it is repetitive. Everyone kind of bringing it up every single time. But it doesn't really make it that much easier. And not in terms of spelling, anyway, Mm -hmm. even though it's very kind of phonetically easy. Yeah. No, yeah, this always turns into group therapy for people. Yeah. Their names. <laughs> is that but why yeah. the box of Kleenex is here? Is that what it is? That's it. Absolutely. That's why it's only 15 minutes long as well. <laughs> Excellent. So thank you very much, Owen, for that wonderful, wonderful contact. So I am going to, um, I got another email here. It's from a, a correspondent saying it was about our recent live episode in which Terry O'Hagan 
visited us and spoke about points of Irish archaeology. On the subject of Ohm and the uh, gentleman you had on the live version of Mother Folklore, I find it very interesting that when your mother asked the question that he had no etymological reason to back up his assertion that Ohm is pronounced Ogham, other than that's the way we archaeologists say it. The word O, O Father G-H, meaning virgin, is simply pronounced O, Father, or so O. It would follow that Ohm would be O, Father, M, Ohm, because the G-H would be silenced. The third meaning of the word Um gives a better clue because it is a variant spelling of Ohm, O-G-H-A-M, and is found in the phrase Danum, Danum, meaning on purpose. So um, this is an interesting point because on the live show, I've always been calling it Ohm. But Emer, one of our regular contributors, says Ogham, and Terry says Ogham. So obviously there's a thing within the old Irish archaeologist community of saying this. It was interesting that, because <clears throat> I, I was surprised as well, because I've, I've been calling it Ohm all my life. And it was interesting to get a perspective from people who studied it in a bit more depth. But I would say that while it's very interesting here, the Ogham expression, I'd say that possibly if you say Ohm, you're probably you're not going to get arrested. Yeah, I wish Emer was here for this. Like, yeah, just imagine her response to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's. I think it's it is interesting, and particularly what I found, what I really took from Terry's talk was that it's we often associate the Ohm script, particularly those of us with tattoos of it. Um, I don't have an Ohm tattoo or an Ogham tattoo, I promise. But see, look, nothing, <laughs> nothing but the put down um, your shirt again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was particularly interesting that it's not a pagan thing; it's it's an early Christian thing, and I think that was a, that was a point that was well worth making. Mm. But yeah, it's um, but yeah, certainly if uh, as with our our earlier pronunciation related uh, <laughs> correspondence, um, I think possibly if people. Hopefully we'll understand from the context what you're saying. I do definitely appreciate this email because it's something that when I heard Terry say it, I myself was thinking, have I been making a mistake all my life? And it's nice to get a learned response mm. pointing out that there's more than one way to skin a turkey or skin a, skin a cat. <laughs> skin a cat. You don't skin a turkey, you pluck a turkey. You pluck a turkey, you're yeah. right. Go Clearly on. never been I'm on a farm. Mm. I've always been doing that wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We have, um, we have another... Um, Fun piece of correspondence here. Um, fun is an inverted commas, just fun, so everyone's aware of that. Fun, fun, fun. This is this is this is not a um, this is not a pronunciation point. You'd be glad to hear. Uh, Africa, why don't you try this one okay. here? It's, it starts. It's from it's from Sinead. Sinead. Okay, Sinead. Hey, just a quick clarification on something Gary Ordean said regarding VAT on tampons. In Ireland, all feminine hygiene products such as tampons and pads are taxed at zero percent, the rate for the essentials. I know that up until recently, France and possibly over the other countries tax them at the highest rates. So that might be where the confusion comes from. The incredibly irritating and discriminatory pink, pink tax is the market on products aimed at women and not an actual tax. We've a long way to go, but at least there's one less thing to be annoyed about. Apart from that, I find the episode very interesting. Keep up the good work. Sinead. This is in our episode on the now repealed Eighth Amendment. Ooh, yeah. Yay! Ooh. So, um... A few weeks before the referendum itself, uh, Garrigine was very good enough to come along and give us a very learned insight into the Irish language aspects of the that section of the Constitution, as well as some of its general history. And no one could have done it better than she did it. And I think you're fantastic. I am, like, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but Sinead, if that is so really. <laughs> I'll tell you where the, the confusion came from, because I know very well where it came from. Um, so a couple of months ago, Actually, it was probably about a year ago. I was watching a 
a thing on the BBC about a tax they had on feminine hygiene mm-hmm. products in the UK. I believe they were trying to get rid of it. They had this luxury tax. And I said it to a very good friend of mine, Kate, who Sorry. is an economist. And I said, God, isn't it terrible that they have this tax in the UK? And she said, again, I'll stress, an economist. Yeah, we also have that tax in Ireland. And I was like, what? Okay, I'll believe you, do you know, because it's your job to know this type of thing. And went with it, said it in the the uh, episode, and then we got this email and I was like, Kate, you wronged me. So, um, yeah, I have a, a vendetta against her and her family now because she wronged me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I apologise, Sinead, um, and I will get her back for what she's done to me, uh, embarrass me on national <laughs> national radio. Are we the calling it national, national radio? radio? Sure, Inter- let's go with it. International. We've yeah. an American listener. We sure. do indeed. Do you want to send out her email address or something so we can <laughs> so we can direct our hate? In fairness, I do think that it's a fairly recent decision to move to move tampons and sanitary products down to a zero percent rate. I don't think it's been like that for for since the dawn of. I don't think it's been like that since 1972 when that was introduced. Mm. But. Um, Yes, sir, but certainly, um, thank you very much, Sinead, for the and I st- Sorry, I'm not done, Sinead. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I still will get angry about it because I was I knew this this particular letter was coming because I was alerted to it when it first came to us. Um, and I've been thinking about it for quite some time. Okay. And if men menstruated, you better believe that the government would send you a little voucher mm. and a hug and, I don't know, a subscription to Netflix and a hot water bottle once a month. But a voucher anyway for feminine hygiene products once a month. And, the and a galaxy week, bar and a big a bottle of red bar. wine. Working week would only be three weeks. It's working month would only be three weeks and there'd be a government representative to come and cuddle you for that time period so yeah. I still will be angry about that but not because of the tax I do apologise for being Can you imagine that if you're that. a senior executive cuddler and you're applying <laughs> for the, the you're applying for the, the exam for to be a higher higher executive cuddler <laughs> 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 I mean I think like I think if condoms, if you can get condoms for free in a lot of places, you should be well able to get tampons and pads for free. And we actually started giving them out in the students' union only in 2015 in Trinity. Oh. And they'd obviously been giving out free condoms for donkey's years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, and I think, you know, you should have your kind of choice of tampon, moon cup, period underwear, mm. whatever. Um, but no, in the UK, they've been fighting really, really hard now, especially yeah. the students' unions mm. in the UNUS. Um, and absolutely no joy. So, I, I do love when it goes through like um, when when that type of thing comes up in the British Parliament because I was re- recently mm-hmm. watching British Parliament it's madness but like because there's a lot of old stuffy men who are very uncomfortable in those yeah. conversations and I live for that it's so good it is very funny seeing the squeamish owl lads yeah. having yeah. to discuss it and especially just conveniently gone that day oh I can't be around today yeah. <laughs> I think my pretend British accent has gotten better since that time that I said alright governor we, we did get some correspondence uh, actually, which, 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 which I can't include in today's run because you've got so much good stuff to get through but um, I, we did get some correspondence complimenting us in our Mary Poppins routine Oh, good, yeah. We're bringing it to a stage near you soon. But thank you very much for that, Sinead. So we have another correspondence. This is is not a um, pronunciation one, but it is an interesting one. Um, It is from a John. Okay, so this is from... Am I supposed to say the last name? Just the first name. Just the first name. John B. (laughs) uh, Hi there. I really like the show and the book is fantastic read. I'm one of those people who was good at Irish in school, but in 20 years since my leaving cert, the standard has been slipping. The show is great for normalising the language, making it relevant for everyday use, and you should be commended for your efforts. My son is 12 in first year of secondary school and struggling uh, a bit with Irish. I find it useful to listen to Mother Faulkner each weekend with him as he enjoys the fun way in which it is presented, as well as some of the quirky translations. The only small issue... Oh, here we go. (laughs) 
The only small issue I have is the scattering of off-color language that sometimes pops up. It's definitely not a constant issue, but it does happen. That makes it, it makes it difficult for me to encourage him to listen. Dad, what's... Can say I say, it. okay. Okay, so, Dad, what's a fuck boy? Etc. I understand that if you're doing an episode with a specifically grown-up content, you'd announce that at the start of the podcast. However, for a general show that should be applicable for all ages, it would be better if the small few swear words were left out. Reading back over this text, I feel like I'm coming across as a prude, which I'm definitely not. <laughs> However, your show has the capacity to change attitudes toward language from a young age, which is probably the best time to make that attitude change. It'd be a shame if parents were reluctant to allow their children to listen due to these few small instances of colourful language, particularly as these words don't add anything to the... Sh- and then it just trails off. Anything to the show. Into the show. Into <laughs> oh, the show. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, thanks very much, John, for getting in touch. And as a father myself, I can relate. Um... My general, myself and Brian, we did have much discussion about this, partly for the fact that the program is itself called Mother Folklore, and which is, but also my, we, we hacked, hacked it out. I, I thought that, say, if we decide no swear words ever, then that kind of, that can dictate content and podcasts have a potential that mainstream radio doesn't have because we are restricted to some of those things, those, those particular concerns. But the general principle we have is that if the, if it doesn't change the meaning of the sentence, we do try and bleep it out. I want when I have when I have contributors on, I want them to feel as, as comfortable to speak the way they want. And if if a, me, a word doesn't add any, if the swear word doesn't add anything beyond the impact, then the bleep we put over it gives that same impact. Sometimes when Anna Carey was on, she's talking about um, Gail, uh, Gail talked slang, and she's saying it's, it's come as a fucklum, and um, mm, like that yeah. it, it, bleeping that out would have meant that the the actual point of the yeah. entire contribution would have been lost and but generally speaking and you know and if we had bleeped out the sentence when we when garaging referred to Kukolan as a fuck boy then <laughs> I don't it, know why I've been singled out here <laughs> if if that if we if it had just been Kukolan as a bleep then that wouldn't have made any sense so what I I'm trying to be as judicious as possible I do appreciate that I want I, I don't want anyone to be reluctant to listen mm. to the show so but um same way, you might hear a swear word when you're hanging out with your granddad. You might hear a racist mm-hmm. <laughs> swear word if you hang out with my granddad. Um, no, but, but it's, I mean, in fairness, like, I've grown up in the Gale Act. My mum's a The first thing that every single 12-year-old asks is just like, so how can I swear in, in <laughs> Irish? That is the first thing out of their mouths. Um, so, you know, not to, you know, I completely understand that you don't want bad yeah. language around your kids. But, I mean... We live in Ireland. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like I, the amount of stuff that you hear on the way, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of swear words you hear just in general conversation. Yeah. It's, an, it's an awful lot. And I, I disagree wholeheartedly with your point that it doesn't add to it. And I fully stand by my assertion that Kukulin is a <laughs> insert expletive here. Beep. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, he's. Well, okay, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't. But like, the likelihood is that a lot of I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's it's okay for us to swear all the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm probably public offender number one in this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the row between myself and Pather who yeah. swears most. Um, but I mean, the likelihood is he's probably heard a lot of these. And look, he'll learn them eventually. And won't he know from here uh, what a fuck boy is? He needs to know so he won't become one. So th- mm. you're welcome for the service yeah. we're providing to your son. Mm. Sorry. Do we think maybe that particular word could be misinterpreted? 
might that I, be i think a lot of people don't completely get what it means yeah. and i found that say myself i mean it's um when i first heard it i was like what does that mean does that mean like a, does that mean like a stud and it's like it's like rever- it's in a weird way it's it reverses the a lot of uh a lot of off-color slang com- comes mm. from a, a white male per- perception of the world in a very in, in a way of kind of um, softening privilege or, or making their own privilege acceptable. Whereas "fuckboy" is an example of a swear word that seems to emanate from feminism. Yeah, sure. Let's take that one. Why not? Okay. the feminists. <laughs> Just as selfies are a, a reversal of the male gaze, uh, by women taking control of their own gaze of themselves. What? Yes, this is this, this is the new theory about selfies. Is it? Yes, that is. It's it's a contradiction of the male gaze. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Look, Carajin, <laughs> let me explain feminism to you. <laughs> yes, but based on that same principle, this is this is just one of the theories I've heard. I'm sure I'm wrong, and I don't pretend to know everything about it. But we will have another episode about that because I. That that, it, that new word is a really good example of showing how the process of how a word is translated. Mm-hmm. We will be talking about that soon. Uh, any, anything before we move on to our last email? No, I think swearing is class. So I'm going <laughs> to keep. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> okay. No one's going to take my word away from me. <laughs> it's my favorite. So this is one is from um, Mr. X. Oh, oh. Mr. X, famously married to Mrs. Y. <laughs> okay. Do you get? Girl, i good for your podcasts. I'm a beginner Irish student in Gaeltacht MN and enjoy all the topics that are discussed in your podcasts. I love what Cloda said about Irish University, that it focuses on communication and something to be celebrated and the mindset which is present in university versus being pernickety in primary and secondary school with grammar. We have the same kinds of conversations here in the US in my class about Ta August Sha and positive and negative verb responses to questions. It's reassuring to hear the same things are being talked about by the guests on your podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mr. X. And I'm sure Claude will be delighted too. I think it's true. I, th- I do think that while it's important to get past, enjoy the communication, I do think there's some of the grammar work is unavoidable. And when it's done, mm-hmm. it's done, I think. And I, while, I wouldn't, while we do tend to focus on other areas, I would never suggest ignoring it completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in silent agreement with that. Yeah. All in silent agreement. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I love a bit of grammar, so I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important. And uh, But it's also not the most, it's not the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, we've, we've discussed that numerous times on the show, that like, it's important to be comfortable in the language. And if you can speak it without perfect grammar, I know I don't speak with perfect grammar in English or mm-hmm. in Irish, Um and people still relatively understand me. So, um, yeah, it's important to have your basics for grammar, but it's not its not everything. And anyone who tells you that is a terrible person. There you have it. Fuck boy. No, sorry. <laughs> 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 That's not what that word means. <laughs> uh, so the, the, this, the standard fuck boy uh, kind of introduction isn't to do with it's, it's you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm a fuck boy. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> But, um, and I think on that note, we're going to, we'll leave it there. We will have another mailbag episode soon because these letters are rolling right in. I'm not going to read the one in which I was called a c- What? <laughs> oh, the censorship! The censorship! <laughs> You're so, blocking freedom of speech, Dara. See, that's a bleeper. <laughs> that's <laughs> a bleeper. Was there any particular reason as to Just in why? general. Look. Just in general. <laughs> well, look at him there. Look at him, the big <laughs> head on him. Like, look at him. <laughs> it's because I'm so handsome and successful. <laughs> It, I mean, it is difficult for us to make our way in the world. You know? 
<laughs> so, on that off-color note, it's a slant from me. A slant from me. And a slant from me. And Gia, that oh no, slant, slant, sorry, slant from me as well. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Oh, he's such a posh D4 boy. And then they hear me in Irish and it's like, what bowels of hell do you crawl out of to come here? <laughs>